Hey, Trojan fans, welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Podcast. We are back again this week. We got a very special guest. We got a new one, new new face for a new or new voice for the Armchair Quarterback Podcast. A little bit later on, 1981 Heisman Trophy winner Marcus Allen will join the show. So that'll be cool to talk to him, get his thoughts on what's going on with the program. He has a unique perspective because he was the first uh, former player brought in by Ed Orgeron to speak to the team after he took over as the head coach the interim head coach for USC. And we also, as always, we're joined by Shane Foley, former USC quarterback in this first segment. What's going on, Shane? How you doing? Hey, Ryan. Great to be back on. Thanks for having me. And uh, fired up to see Marcus coming on the show as well. Awesome to see. I know. We've got to get a big group of all you former players together. We'll do a roundtable or something, have everyone talk. That'd be fun. <laughs> well, love to do it. But certainly, uh, just on that note, love to, love to see some of the big guys that uh, played and did a lot for the university and Heisman Trophy winners be so involved and so engaged in the university and in the football team. And so great to see you guys coming back. Great to see you guys passionate about it. And just any guy that played, uh, certainly love to just see their involvement and uh, having guys come back around and be part of the program uh, says a lot about the university. Yeah, and he's certainly involved. And uh, so I think you guys will look forward to that segment coming up here in 20, 30 minutes or so. Check out, check that one out. But first, we want to talk about what's been going on with the USC football team with Shane Foley, who's been following the team very closely himself. You can follow him uh, on the internet shanefoley.com if you want to see his fuller report or if you want to follow him on Twitter Shane uh, Shane Foley underscore USC that's on Twitter so at Shane Foley underscore uh, USC and I, this is gonna be an interesting week Shane I know the the fuller report as far as the Colorado game I mean it, it, we could talk about Colorado a little bit what did what did you think I mean I know everyone's kind of just looking through that game but there was, there was some significant stuff happening in that one yeah we, we can touch base on it I think it Certainly, for all the reasons we already know, it's just it was an important game to to get that win to take care of business. You're coming off a huge emotional win, national scene, game day, everything there with uh, the Stanford win, humongous emotional push with with rushing the field and and all the feel good stories that came out of that one. And then you you know you've got your rivals on the back end of the season, the eight game season, the coach O's called it, and uh, that being the eighth game. And in between it, you've got the uh, so called sandwich game or the trap game uh, from the outside looking in. That's what they call. It. But uh, I like the focus. I like uh, really going up there, blocking out any distractions, any other types of things that are taken away from that game uh, right then and right there, uh, playing against Colorado and taking care of business. So I think there were some good things that came uh, out of it uh, earlier in the day, you know, shifting gears a little bit. I mean, clearly we saw that <laughs> with Arizona taking out Oregon. Uh, shockingly, I mean that was 42 to 16, and so the table had been set that uh, you know if you're not prepared and ready to go, that you can't lose on the road, and and so they went into that game with mid 20 degree uh, temperatures up there. I know you were in the box staying warm, <laughs> <laughs> yes. but uh, you know a lot going on, and I thought that. Uh, you know, overall, the team played very well. You know, there was a lot of good that came out of it. You saw the distribution to a number of different receivers. The tight end involvement was tremendous. Four backs out of the backfield catching the football. Cody Kessler making good decisions, moving in the pocket well, showing Moxie a lot more confidence. Just the overall feel and the confidence that he's taken into this week's game, is it bodes very well for the Trojans and the Trojan family. So all that was good. I thought the defensive side of the football uh, played played very well. Uh, certainly early in the game, did, did some good things, good defensive line play, good pressure. 
uh, caused uh, you know turnovers that uh, that we converted in the first half into points, which which was you know crucial in that regard. Uh, obviously, didn't like to see Kevin C. Uh, Kevin Seymour get knocked out uh, with the rib injury, but it sounds like he's going to be back and ready to go. So I think you know on balance, a lot of good things could not uh, avoid. Uh, we cannot uh, get out of this without mentioning Soma Vanuku, uh, certainly being the MVP, really in the special teams this year, doing what he's done and impacting all phases of the game. Uh, punt, you know, it's got a second uh, block punt, causing the safety uh, on the season uh, by him. And so I just think that, uh, you know, he's just doing a lot of great things. And then obviously lining him up in the tailback position and, and seeing him uh, take it 50-plus yards for a touchdown and, and uh, catching the ball out of the backfield, which was something that was uh, he took a lot of heat for last year, as you know, Ryan, uh, to see him catching the ball and catching the touchdown against Stanford. So a lot of good things, I think, building, you know, on last week, going into, uh, you know, the huge game and the huge week that we have uh, coming on Saturday. It is a huge game. And uh, one, one quick thing before we move on, because I know there was some really good stuff you had there. I love some of Anuka stuff I really like. Have you ever yeah. played in the cold weather when you were at USC? I mean, they said that was the second coldest kickoff in USC history, but I don't know if you, back in your day, did you ever have some cold weather games? Well, nothing like that. I mean, we, uh, you know, one of the games that was uh, pretty heavy duty, um, weather that we you know that we had i didn't play in that game it was rodney pete and it was against notre dame out there we had basically frozen rain out there i think that was the 1987 game and basically sideways frozen rain coming down and sleet and so very tough conditions we lost a tough one out there that day um games that i played in uh, you know played in corvallis up there uh played uh, the majority of that game and that was a you know a night game up there and probably was in the 40s uh washington state up in up in pullman gets very cold as well uh, involved in a couple you know some games up there as well and in washington uh certainly even on the lake up there uh played a played a, a day game up there where we actually had didn't have rain fortunately but um you know, definitely, uh, you know, it's something you just really block out. I, I really liked Coach Orgeron's approach. You know, it wasn't a big issue. It wasn't anything they talked about. They prepared for it as best they could. But it wasn't something that really came up uh, where it affected the game uh, really in any way. It did look like, you know, Buck Allen on that first touchdown run really looked like he came down on the kind of frozen turf there and hurt his left shoulder, kind of a stinger. But he bounced back and played the rest of the game. So um, it did look like they adjusted to it very well. Yeah, it was it was chilly. I was nice and warm, like you said, up in the press box. But I was on the field for <laughs> yeah. a while shooting some pictures, and it, it definitely wasn't uh, all that fun. Well, you yeah, mentioned- I saw some of the Instagram and some of the uh, Twitter <laughs> stuff coming out with the icicles hanging down off the Harvest House up there and all that type of thing. It looked uh, looked very very cold. I did get to throw some snowballs, so that was fun. So, but uh, come to that <laughs> well, good deal, good deal. <laughs> well, you mentioned uh, Ed Ordron, the job he's done, and now he's six yeah. and one. Um, I think we talked about it last week, kind of waiting to see where, where this goes. I know our guest later on, Marcus Allen's a, a big advocate of uh, Ed Orgeron getting a job. There was an LA Times article that him and a few other uh, you know, former USC greats that, you know, have come out in support of, of Ed Orgeron. What, what have you seen out there, and what do you think now? I, don't, I mean, the, the Colorado game probably doesn't change much, but what, what, what have you seen over the past week or so just uh, with the, the Ed Orgeron train keeps rolling? 
Well, it sure does, and, and rightfully so. I mean, 6-0 and in the conference, 6-1 and overall, uh, really to pick the momentum up off of uh, where we had been. Certainly, we talked about it last week, but just the depth and the uh, despair that the program came from. That Washington State game, again, being one of the ugliest games, if not the ugliest I've ever been at, really a fire the coach chant that I've never heard in any stadium. And so, and having recruits at that deal, you know, really having that happen, and then obviously uh, giving up 62 to Arizona State, tying tie the most ever that we've, uh, you know, ever given up uh, in the history dating back to, you know, 1888 playing football. So a lot of negatives were really uh, affecting the programs, the morale, the recruiting, you know, the, the, the present was being affected and certainly the future uh, did look pretty bleak and, and pretty dark at the time. So to come in and to change things as quickly as he has uh, really was remarkable and it has been tremendous and, and it didn't really take a lot. I mean, I wrote about it last week in the Fuller Report. It didn't really need to be that complicated. At the end of the day, you got to have guys buy in to what it is you're doing. Uh, you got to have, uh, you know, you got to have respect, but you also, you know, want these guys to like you. They're going to play harder for you. They're going to, they're going to play together, you know, if they're having fun. And so I think he recognized probably some of what uh, Pete had done. And I'm sure he's been taking notes the whole time. He had had a head coaching job at, at Ole Miss, as we know, and didn't have the success that he was hoping to have. But I think he learned a lot. He's shown that he's learned a lot. He's been, uh, you know, really the, the kind of the heartbeat of the program under uh, Coach Carroll and also under Kiffin and, and recruiting coordinator and all those types of things. So I think he, uh, for this opportunity, has had the right balance of, of fun, but also discipline and focus and then getting these guys ready to play at the, at the right time and, and stepping into the games and on the field uh, playing big-time football. And that certainly was showcased against uh, Stanford. And, and I think it's it's one of those things when you go up to uh, you know Colorado in a situation like this where, where you can slip up and just ask Oregon again, if that could happen, um, you know, and, and they didn't. I mean, they took care of business. They played good physical football. They took care of business, won the turnover battle, uh, didn't have a lot of penalties, uh, made you know, made good decisions by the quarterback. So a lot of good things came out of it. So I think when you're looking at what Coach O's accomplished in a short, relatively very short period of time, it's been tremendous, and so I can't underestimate it. I'm not going to minimize it. He deserves all the credit uh, that he's getting, including uh, Rick Neuheisel's, uh, you know, Ed O song, uh, <laughs> and all the other things that are going on out there. It's it's been uh, it's really been phenomenal, and making the, uh, you know, making the semifinal uh, cut for Coach of the Year, and and I know that Jim Moore just came out and voted, uh, acknowledged that he voted him as Coach of the Year for the Pac-12. It's it's really remarkable, you know, what what's taken place. And so I'm a big advocate kid of Coach Orgeron's, what he's doing, uh, who he is. I've had the opportunity to, uh, you know, to meet him and, and to talk to him. And, and uh, I think any player that's out there uh, that played for SC really loves what they're seeing right now, not just former players, but, but certainly the entire alumni base has got to be pleased with what they're seeing and how they've responded. So I do think, though, I, I will say this, Ryan, because I know it's one of the things you've kind of been asking me about is when's the right time and what's the situation? There's a number of uh, former players that have advocated, hey, call the search off now name them, name them right now. I'm still uh, of the opinion that we need to wait and see uh, how we perform uh, against UCLA here this Saturday. This is a huge game, 22 versus 23. They, they, they basically took our lunch money last year and, and beat us down, uh, you know, that game. 
and we can talk a little bit about that in the transition from last year to this year, it was an abomination. My wife and I were at, at that game in the rain and, you know, spotting those guys 24 points, but walking around, the biggest thing, my biggest takeaway from last year's game was that we came out lifeless. We came out without really any energy, without any enthusiasm. We just were flatlined out there. And so to see those guys have the opportunity, I'm going back to last season, having the opportunity to play for the Pac-12 Conference Championship game against your rival and to spot those guys 24 points before they wake up, you know, before they were, you know, uh, smelled the uh, smelling salt and woke up and got going. It was it was horrible. So, you know, I think it's a completely different deal. Um, I love the the toughness. I think that Coach Orgeron's brought back to the program. I think that's going to match up well with uh, with Jim Mora, with Coach Mora over there at UCLA, because I think he's brought a lot of that back to the program as well. So, I'm looking forward to both of these coaches uh, going head to head and and looking for a great matchup and a completely different feel than uh, we what we as Trojans felt last year at the you know, you talked about the, the game last year, and we've seen what coaching can do. and You've seen what Ed Ordron has done in turning this thing around, if he gets the job or not. I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what Pat Hayden decides. But we've seen a, a huge change in the way this team is playing, you know, from the first few games of the season to the last seven. And I'm curious to see if this, is, this game, the single game, is kind of like a microcosm of that, of changing the coach. The personnel is largely the same. Um, it went from, like you said, an embarrassing effort going down 24 nothing before you even right. looked like you got going. To this year, I do expect it to be a lot different. So even though the teams are pretty similar and uh, there's there's a lot of similar things going on, the one big difference, obviously, is USC's head coach. And I really expect a much different effort, especially on defense. That's some of the philosophy differences there. But I do sure. expect a much different effort this, effort this year. Well, I think – I, you know, all good points and all all stuff that you know we both agree on. I, I think right right now, just with the coach Orgeron and what he's brought to the football team, what he's brought to USC, uh, we could tell just by the reaction after Stanford. You know, we, we had talked about it before. I mean, I was there when when we ended Notre Dame streak and probably twenty thousand people on that. Uh, on that floor, you know, the Coliseum floor after that game, going back to 97, 98, late 90s, whenever it was, you know, fast forward to this year, uh, there was really just a thirst, a starvation, if you will, of, uh, of, of people that really wanted to see USC back to play in Trojan football. I mean, there's so many people that, you know, having 50,000 people out there, and that wasn't just about beating Stanford. I mean, clearly that was a great thing and an accomplishment and everything else, but that was really, in my mind, largely, heavily favored about winning and getting back to being Trojans and playing Trojan football and having something to believe in and having, having something to be fired up about. And, and that really does uh, go go to Coach Orgeron. Coach Orgeron has to be given that credit for, for getting that belief, you know, back at USC and, and the follow through. I mean, we did, you know, the first couple games out of the gate, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we, uh, you know, we kind of had a, uh, some letdowns. I mean, we gave up some points to Arizona, won a tough game, 38, 31. Every week we've really been getting better. I mean, we had a, obviously a rough second half on the road in South Bend, but every week it's been playing good, tough, physical football, 
defense has been playing. Leonard Williams, George Uko, those guys in the trenches. The offensive line is playing better. Kevin Graff had his best game. You know, a couple games now, you know, Andre Walker a couple games ago had his best game as a Trojan. Kevin Graff, I think, probably had his best game as a Trojan last game. So you've got guys playing their best football right now. And then you take a look on, you know, the defensive side, the Josh Shaw, what, what it's meant to have him back at corner and really being a leader on that defense. Hayes Pollard in the middle that I really think is the heart and soul of that defense. So you've got a lot of people doing uh, just great things out there. A lot of players are doing great things. And I think Coach Orgeron and the staff, you know, I think he is well empowering his staff to do great things. Part of being a great leader is also knowing when to follow. And so, you know, empowering these guys, Clay Helton, uh, Clancy Pendergast, you know, get, getting these guys, uh, you know, bringing in a defensive line coach to let him focus on all phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. All phases of the game have been flourishing because of that. You, know, you take a look at the third down uh, efficiency, the improvement on that, the red zone offense, taking a look at that, taking a look at, you know, just collectively on defense against the rush, total defense, all of these categories that you take a look at, you're seeing improvement across the board. And so I think that that really does the mantra of one team, one heartbeat that Coach Orgeron established and what he set forth when he uh, took the head coaching job is being played out right now, and I think it's going to follow through, and we're going to see it on Saturday. Well, let's talk about the matchups on Saturday. and uh, I mean, there, there's a bunch of different uh, interesting ones. To me, really, the line play on both sides is very interesting. I mean, we can start with uh, you know, the USC defensive line versus a, a really beleaguered UCLA offensive line. Yep. I think last year you saw um, Brett Hundley really operating back there unmolested and didn't really have a lot of right. pressure on him. And I think that's going to change this year, which I mean, I, I think could be a huge turn in this game. Well, yeah, I think the matchups in the trenches, it's always going to come down to the trenches to me. And so uh, I think any great, you know, any, any players going to tell you about, about that, whether it's a quarterback or running back, uh, you know, having the lines up front, taking care of uh, business in the trenches. And so, yeah, I think that uh, you, you touched on it a little bit. They're going to have three, from what I understand, three freshmen, true freshmen, I believe, playing in this game on the offensive line. Arizona State had nine sacks on them in that game at the Rose Bowl in a very uh, consequential game for those guys, uh, you know, matching up against Arizona State in the last game that they lost uh, where they came back. But they're going to have a lot of youth up front. I do expect Leonard Williams uh, and, and big George Uko, Antoine Woods in the middle uh, to really be dominating and playing big-time physical football. We're going to see a lot of, you know, two, guys, two, two of those guys in the trenches with, you know, obviously with uh, Devai and uh, Devon Kennard on the outside, you know, doing a lot on that. On, on that, But I think we're going to see a lot of pressure. I think we're going to see a lot of different schemes by, by Pendergast getting pressure on the uh, on the UCLA quarterback. Uh, I think we will probably see how much pressure we can get without bringing a lot of stunts and without doing a lot of that early. But I do think we'll, we'll see some different, uh, you know, different stunts and different uh, looks and twists coming from the defensive uh, front right there. I think that, you know, let's take a look, too. You know, when you lose two guys like, Morgan Breslin. That's another thing that a lot of a lot of credit has to be given to the coaching staff as well. We haven't really touched touched on, but everybody knows the limited scholarships. I mean, we're playing with what you know, forty between forty five and fifty scholarship players. You know, and you got great players like Morgan Breslin and you know, starting linebacker Lamar Dawson, who's had ups and downs, but was playing playing pretty good football in the middle of the season. With both of those guys down and, and having guys step up like Anthony Sorrow leading the team in tackles last week, uh, you know, coming in and stepping in, uh, seeing the job that um, 
that uh, J.R. Tavai has done has been tremendous. And so seeing just guys step up when we're already thin, but playing the number of plays that they're playing and doing what they do, it's uh, it, it really says a lot about uh, the buy-in and the belief. You know, going back to earlier in the season when, when Sua Cravens went out and, and Deion Bailey was in street clothes and he came out to play the second half because he knew that uh, he was better off in a better situation than Sua Cravens. Is. That's putting the team first. And I think when you got guys buying in, when you have a team that's buying in across the board, uh, they're playing for each other. They're not just playing for themselves. They're not, you know, looking for singular glory or anything like that. They're playing for the guy right next to them and right in front of them. And so I think that's what, what it is you're seeing. And I think uh, that's going to play out in the trenches. Again, I, I you know, I like the, the progress that the offensive line's making. Uh, they did get back to, to running the ball. You know, I, I'd say with mixed success against Colorado early, you know, Colorado was able to, uh, stop us on uh, some third downs and force some punts, but we got points off turnovers. We, you know, we ended up uh, down the stretch uh, completing um, or converting 50% of our, our third downs, which is dramatically different, you know, than the 27%-ish range that we were in under Coach Kiffin. So I think we're doing uh, we're doing a lot, a lot of great things, and I do think that. Um, you know, I think it's going to be war uh, and up front. Uh, certainly, we're going to have to get after them. And, 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 you know, we've talked about it before. It's a cliche, but we've got to put pressure. Best pass defense is a great pass rush. And we've got to disrupt uh, their quarterback, Brett Hundley. I think he, he does some very good things. He's good. He's a catalyst for that offense. He, you know, good feet and uh, can make some plays. But, again, I, I think he has shown that he's been at times made poor decisions by getting pressure in his face and by, by really disrupting his rhythm. And that's what we're going to have to do on Saturday. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, the line play, I think it's, it's key, but also we have to see what the, the USC secondary does. I, th- I thought they played better against Colorado. There was five defended passes, uh, one interception. Right. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with the, with, uh, keep on Seymour. It looks like he's going to be healthy there, but what, what do you expect to see out of the this USC secondary, especially the corners? Well, I think it's going to be a big physical matchup. Uh, you know, again, I, I've, I've liked the progress. You know, Kevonte Seymour being a young guy, Josh Shaw being really a guy that's been around and, and a very experienced player. I, I like both of them, though. I think uh, Seymour's making progress. Josh Shaw is a lockdown corner and a guy that's uh, physical, can defend uh, quick passes and screens, and can also come up and uh, you know attack the perimeter. Uh, uh, you know, the offense is trying to run off tackle and getting the ball outside. So I, I like a lot of what we see there and the versatility of a Deion Bailey, I think, is tremendous. A guy that played very close to the line of scrimmage as a linebacker, and now you know, kind of playing him at nickel or, or at safety. But they do walk him up a lot, and he is uh, a great tackler in the open field and, and makes plays. Uh, so I think that uh, is very fortuitous. Uh, Sua Cravens, uh, you know, is a, just a you know, I think he's going to be the next great safety uh, to play at USC, and so a, a true freshman doing what he's done. I think that he just has to you know really uh, take good angles. I think he has to play a good physical uh, football game, and I expect him to. And and uh, Demetrius Wright, who's come in, uh, really when Josh Shaw moved back over, Demetrius Wright's come in and I think played well. Uh, I think he's going to have to, you know, uh, he got beat up at Col- you know up in Colorado on a, on a on a pass, but I think by and large, I think our our, our safeties and corners are going to play a good physical game. 
And, uh, you know, again, I think it's just going to come down to really uh, scheming, putting pressure on Hundley, getting him out of a rhythm, stuffing the run. That's one of the, the things that I think we do very well. You're going to see Miles Jack from their side probably get a lot of touches. I, I'm assuming he's going to get a lot of uh, touches on the offensive side of the football. Very low center of gravity, runs hard. And so guys like Hayes Pillard and Sorrow and our outside linebackers are going to have to make plays, and, and certainly we're going to have to win the battles up front. And I think if Leonard Williams can play the type of football that he does game in and game out, uh, I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with, and George Uko is making a big, big push up front as well. So I think if we control the trenches up front, linebackers really are active, flying around, making plays, and then a defensive uh, backfield that's playing a lot, probably a lot more man. They're going to be manned up a lot, and, and you know, defending Shaq Evans and uh, these guys, and, and really playing a, a good physical brand of football is what it's going to come down to. You know, I will, I will say, you know, Shaq Evans. You know some of the talking and uh, some of the some of the stuff that's kind of taken place. I mean, I, I haven't pulled it up yet uh, verbatim to see what he said, but I, I heard him on the radio and I heard the excerpt of him talking about USC when they were down. And I think this was right around Washington State, Arizona State. You know, talking about hey, you know USC's down. I was there. You know, 50 to nothing when we lost, and we can't wait to embarrass them this year. You know, we're going to bury them. You know, we we can't wait to get out there and, and just to just you know destroy these guys. So that's kind of the sentiment. You know, obviously I, I haven't heard much from them since. Uh, Jordan Zumwalt, uh, you know, I know when they beat Washington a couple, and now back a couple weeks, a lot's happened since then. You know, he made the comment that hey, Stanford's not going to lose again. We're looking forward to seeing them in the conference championship game. And then, obviously, we went out the next night, uh, the Trojans did, and, and beat, beat Stanford. So, you know, these guys are making a lot of assumptions, uh, saying a lot of things. I think it's probably been uh, curbed a little bit, certainly by a tough uh, coach like uh, Jim Mora that probably is not a fan of, of hearing those types of things. And, and so I think he's probably shutting that down. But, but a lot of talk from these guys and uh, looking forward to us, uh, you know, playing the game and shutting them up. Yeah, that Shaq Evans stuff I wanted to ask you about, so I'm glad you brought that up. But he, he yeah. did say today, he was asked, uh, reporters asked him about uh, wanting to embarrass uh, USC in his comments. He said, I probably could have said it, so I was quoting him, I probably could have said it in a different way, but what I meant by it, I don't regret. So he's uh, not really backing off <laughs> from what sure. he was saying, but yeah. it was certainly a different USC team then when he said it. Yeah. It looked like, oh, this is going to be a cakewalk. Now, I, I'm sure if I'm Shaq Evans, I'm a little bit worried that it's it's going to be hard just to win, let alone try to embarrass them. Well, and I think, again, you know, you go back to the top of the house, and, I mean, a guy like uh, Coach Mora, who really changed their, 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 you know, basically their culture over there from being a soft and being perceived as a soft uh, team, you know, to really making them a much tougher football team and recruiting well, getting some great guys over there, Vanderdose and some of the guys that I see clearly was making a push for and Kylie Fitz, that you know, obviously there were other issues with the way that played out. But, anyway, there, there's, I think, a, a lot uh, that, that, you know, a guy like that, that that runs their mouth, uh, I don't think it's ever good. <laughs> you know, really, I'm not an advocate of it. There, you know, obviously there's, you know, going back a long ways when, when people talk a lot. I'm, I'm a much bigger fan of just taking care of business. I, I You know, I did hear Coach George Ron address some of that. And he just said, hey, look, you know, we're just focused on what we can control inside, uh, you know, inside the locker room, you know, and on the field, you know, what we can do. And I think that's where the focus has to be. But, you know, a guy like that, that, uh, you, you know, let's make no bones about it. You know, Ryan, I, I wrote about it last week. So I think what you're going to see is any team that has an opportunity to kick USC while they're down, take a look at the 55-21 game in 2009. I know I'm going back a ways, but that just goes to show you, Jim Harbaugh going for two, uh, really to try to bury USC, they will. 
and that's the baton that was tossed again to to hand it off to Oregon and to Stanford. They're going to do whatever they can do to embarrass and to to hammer USC when they, whenever they have the opportunity. And that's been shown clearly with the the scholarships that have been down, and I think a lot of the, the teams out there had recruited against USC, talking about, hey, USC is going to be done and they're not going to be around or viable for, for a long, long time. And even I think within the athletic department, you had a number of people that had talked about SC really not being, maybe not being relevant for the next 10 years and not being at least back to where, what they had been. And so I, I love the fact that Coach O hasn't bought into any of that. He has not uh, created any excuses, no moral victories, none of that. He's created the toughness and the belief that we can win and we can win right now with less guys, having talked about having fewer numbers, having guys step up, as I talked about, with Sorrow and Leonard Williams with a shoulder, you know, playing every play of the, of the you know, of that game against Stanford. I think that's what you're going to see. And so when you have a guy like Shaq Evans and you have these guys across town that are basically were probably part of that 50 to nothing game or maybe they were being recruited if they're young guys seeing that, there's a chip on their shoulder. And so USC being back with Coach O, I think that's part of what the uh, collective feeling is uh, with being back and, and being part of USC and USC getting back to, to playing Trojan football. All right, Shane, one last thing before we let you go. How do you see this game uh, playing out? You don't have to give a score if you want, but just how do you see this shaping out between USC and UCLA on Saturday? Well, I think emotions are going to run high. We talked about it. I think that uh, UCLA is going to probably show us some things maybe that uh, we, maybe we haven't seen as much. Again, Miles Jack, I think they're going to really try to get him on track and run on the football. I know that Arizona State did a better job of defending him than uh, the previous uh, teams had. So I think that, uh, you know, again, it, goes to, it comes down to the trenches. I, I believe that we're going to get pressure on Hundley. I think we're going to put him into some bad decisions that we didn't see much of last year. You touched on that. He was really back there with a lot of time and, and certainly uh, did some things to us that hurt us. So I think that we're going to get pressure on him. I would expect to hopefully get to him four or five times, maybe create uh, some hurries, get a couple of turnovers. We have to win the turnover battle. We have to win in the trenches. And uh, I think Cody Kessler is going to be a key to this football game. I think that uh, giving him some time, uh, allowing uh, us to be able to run the football up front. I think we need to be able to run the football, create, create some play action, and then just keep distributing the football. Marquise Lee is going to be back. I think we've got to find ways to get him the football but not become uh, too reliant and too dependent on getting him the football. Nelson Aguilar is a tremendous weapon. Darius Rogers is a big physical true freshman in the tight end play, that, uh, You know, getting those guys back involved in the back side of the backfield. So I would expect for us to hopefully run the football, run it effectively, at least get on track to be able to pick up first downs and move the chains. But I expect Cody Kessler to, to really be the key, and he's playing at a very high level with a lot of confidence right now and really owning the uh, – just really feeling confident in the pocket and just owning the game and feeling really good about that. So I think he has to take what the defense gives him. I expect USC to to win a close game. I don't, I don't really see this becoming a blowout, but I do expect uh, USC – uh, I would expect them to, you know, come out, take care of business, and get this win, and uh, create a, probably a pretty tough decision for for Pat Hayden <laughs> with with Coach O finishing the eight game season seven and one. So it'll be fun to see what happens, and and looking forward to it. Really tough decision, or some feel it should be a really easy decision, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that depends on what side of the fence you're looking at. You know, I, I definitely am a big a fan and a big advocate for Coach O. I do think, you know, again. 
how you play against your rivals is, is what it's about at USC. You know, we lost a tough one on the road to Notre Dame. You have to beat UCLA and Notre Dame. Certainly Pete set, it, set the bar high going 16-2 and two over nine years. But that's, that's going to be a big one. And so I think Pat, uh, knowing, knowing him enough to know that he does look at things from all sides. He's made it very clear that he's looking at this on a long-term basis, not, not uh, emotionally, you know, looking at a quick fix or anything like that. But it's going to be hard to argue with the success that he's brought in when, when the system was, when the team and the system was so broken, uh, really turning things around. It's going to be going to be tough, but looking forward to seeing Coach O lead the troops and uh, seeing that Coliseum, you know, at capacity and, and just having a heck of a game. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Well, Shane, great stuff. Thanks very much for uh, coming on the show again and uh, look forward to talking to you after the UCLA game. See what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Fight on, everybody. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Shane, and everyone else. Hey, back in 30 seconds, we're going to talk with Hall of Famer Marcus Allen on the Armchair Quarterback Podcast. You are listening to the Peristyle Podcast from Los Angeles, California. Hey, USC Trojan fans, to get into the huddle of your Southern Cal Trojans, log on to uscfootball.com today for all the latest in Trojan football, basketball, and recruiting news. Ryan Abraham will give you an in-depth analysis, recruiting updates, and will answer your questions every day on the message board. So for all the latest in team and recruiting news on your USC Trojans, check out uscfootball.com, the officially licensed Southern Cal site of the Rivals.com network. It's time to get back to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. We are back here on the Armchair Quarterback Podcast. Got a very special guest. We uh, He was the 1981 Heisman Trophy winner. Actually rushed for 2,342 yards. His USC number is retired, number 33. He was a first-round draft pick in 1982 and a six-time Pro Bowler in the NFL with over 12,000 yards in 16 seasons. He's a member of the College Football and Pro Football Hall of Fame. Of course, I'm talking about Marcus Allen. Marcus, welcome to the program. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. And I uh, wanted to let you know, if you want to follow Marcus on Twitter, he's at Marcus Allen, M-A-R-C-U-S-A-L-L-E-N-H-O-F, which stands for Hall of Fame. So Marcus Allen Hall of Fame. And uh, you and Ronnie Lott have that in your, your Twitter handle. Did you guys get together coming up with those Twitter handles? <laughs> no, we were uh, roommates uh, at Wallet SC, so maybe it's just a minute to left at the end. I'm not sure of that. Well, that's nice if you could put that. Everyone wants to have that little verified, you know, blue check mark but i think it's better to have hof after your uh, twitter handle it's not a, not a bad way to roll well i think marcus allen uh was taken uh so i i had to get creative so that was it oh yeah that's a good one uh well wanted to talk a little bit about this team and i think the first thing we can uh get into is uh, ed orgeron um taking over as the interim head coach and you were kind of in a unique position for this because when he took over uh, after the Arizona State game, there was a week and a half or so before the Arizona game, you were actually the first player that he brought in uh, to speak to his guys and, and get them fired up. And they put the video on YouTube, and it was a sensation and kind of went all over the place. And what was that experience like for you coming in and, and talking to the team? Well, it was an honor. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we always, uh, and I'm speaking when I say we, I think former players, we, we want to find ways that we can certainly help the team and give back. Um, and uh, Coach Hill asked me, and, and I jumped at the opportunity. Um, I said, uh, I address the team as we, because I feel like I'm included. Uh, I'm a part of, uh, uh, part of the team, part of the university, part of the football tradition, part of the SG landscape. So 
um, I wanted to get involved and, and, and do what I could. Um, and, uh, you know, trying to motivate the players, I, I, I think I'm pretty good at that. Um, um, I've been known as a pretty good leader over the course of my uh, football career. And I just wanted to add um, or remind them of, of the, you know, the, the tradition at USC and that they're able to um, to reach uh, their full potential under Coach O. And if you, anyone missed that out there, if you just Google on YouTube or, you know, go to YouTube and do Marcus Allen, USC, you'll see that one. Um, and to say you're pretty good at that, yeah, I think it worked pretty well. I mean, you could probably take <laughs> you could take credit for USC going on a, a you know, six-in-one roll after you talk to them. Well, I, I just wanted to challenge them and, and remind them um, that uh, you, you don't get a scholarship to USC uh, uh, <clears throat> You know, just uh, just because you can, you know, you're an ordinary football player, you get you get a scholarship there because you're uh, a great football player and you have the potential to be one of the best ever. Uh, I think we offer scholarship to uh, I think good people uh, who have the opportunity to become great people. Uh, so I just wanted to remind them that you know um, all of the answers that they needed were in that room because uh, they were chosen by that staff because uh, the staff saw something in them that would make them great, that would in turn make the team great. Uh, one of the things you talked about, Marcus, was a clean slate. And uh, I think that's something that it seemed to hit home with the players. You know, we joke that you were the reason why they went on this 6-1 and one run. But I really do think them being convinced that a clean slate was the way to go, it, it seemed like it turned – I mean – Thinking about it being a clean slate, I think that was part. It's part of the reason why this team has been able to completely turn things around from the beginning of the season. Well, uh, I think obviously, yeah, you don't want to look in the rearview mirror because obviously, you you know something, in, uh, you may have a collision in front of you. So I, I, I thought it was best for these guys to look forward and forget about what happened. Um, but by no, you know, by <laughs> by no. Uh, not by any means, so I feel like I was, you know, I mean, <laughs> may have contributed just a tiny bit. But, you know, what what I've seen under Coach O is uh, he really understands the essence of football, and I think that's what we were missing. Um, I think he understands that the game begins from the inside out, uh, that it starts at the line of scrimmage um, on the opposite side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, and I think that's what he wanted to regain. And once you become really dominant at those positions, uh, you can, you know, and then you have the type of athletes that we do have, you can become a great team. And I think that's what we're missing. I thought um, under the former regime, we sort of had everything began from the outside in. And you can't play football that way. I mean, as an offensive line, if your first steps are backwards, you're in trouble as a team. You have to establish yourself going forward and then learn how to pass block. And I think he understands that. And I think he understands the essence of really what made USC great for so many years that we were um, the most physical team in football. It's interesting that uh, everybody's looked at Stanford and I don't know if people are aware of this, but this is what Stanford had said. I didn't, I, I'm not making this up. This is from their coaching staff. They decided to become the USC of the 70s and the 80s. That's really Which interesting. Means they saw something that we had, <laughs> that winning formula, 
And they said, hey, you know, that's a successful model, guys. Let's do that. And we got away from what really made us great. And I think uh, we're starting to get that back under Coach O. And, and the other thing that I've looked at, you know, we all get caught up in the winds. And, of course, I mean, that is exciting and it's emotional. It, it, it's wonderful. That's what we should be doing. That is the expectation of what we should be doing. Uh, looking at Stanford, you know, I looked at all the headlines and they were talking about shock and uh, stunned. And I'm going, that's, that's SC. That's the expectation. You know, everybody else feels that way, but the expectation is we were going to win. And he started to bring that back. But the other thing, uh, before I just digress, was the player development, I think, has been outstanding under him. And that is what I look at more than anything. Uh, guys started to regress earlier. Now they're getting better. I mean, the obvious is, the obvious is the quarterback. Uh, remember, we couldn't throw for 50, uh, 54 yards. I mean, we threw for a total of 54 yards with Mark Easley and, and Nelson Aguilar. You know, I mean, that's the, I can't believe I can't even believe that. But then we turn around, and I mean, he has gotten better and better and better each week. Um. And, and, and you could argue, I mean, he's, he's probably been the best, you know, hottest quarterback in the Pac-12, uh, uh, you know, just recently. It's and then like... you look at, obviously, Buck Allen, and you look at uh, J.R. Tavai, you look at uh, uh, Suma, I mean, uh, Vanuka. I mean, I mean, players are getting better and better, and, and player development is the most important thing. You know, you get these guys to come in as highly touted freshmen, but if they plateau and they don't get better, that's usually coaching. So now think, these guys are getting better and better, and I think that's the most important thing that I see. So you feel that that's actually coaching, even though there's still the same assistants, Marcus, that are on the staff now as there were uh, under Lane Kiffin, the only addition being Pete Jenkins. Well, I, I feel like certainly, listen, you, you know, you, you have talent. You know, some of these guys are just really sort of, you know, uh, great television sets. They just need a little fine-tuning, and, and that's where the coaches come in. And um, I think these coaches have done an outstanding job. Um, uh, you know, Clancy Pendergast with the defense, uh, uh, Clay with the offense, they've gotten better and better each week. The running backs, I mean, they think, and, you know, we, we know that we have a talented group of running backs, but, you know, I don't know what Buck was at the time. It's fourth string. Uh, and I understand he always showed promise at practice but never got an opportunity, but for him, um, you know, I mean, his development has been amazing. It really has. Um, it is. It, it, it's certainly wanting to. Uh, it's certainly listening, you know, uh, to coaches. But it's also it's it's a coach having the opportunity to um, to you know to to just give you these little nuances that can turn you from a good player to a great player. And I think that's what's going on right now. But uh, the other thing, let me tell you real quick, oh, sure. Brian, is that we've gotten back. To practicing the way we should practice. And the one thing I've always said is, um, you know, either Ronnie Lott, I'll use him for an example, he's my roommate. Ronnie Lott did not go to the Hall of Fame because of his years at uh, San Francisco. Um, it's because he learned how to practice at USC, where he practiced so hard, games became easy. I became a better player at USC because uh, I learned how to practice. Because if you can beat Ronnie Lott at practice, there's nobody better than him in the game. 
And so our practices were so competitive, um, and we were going, you know, you know, ones against two, sometimes ones against ones, and um, we didn't concern ourselves with injuries uh, because, it, you know, if a one went down, uh, the, the two practiced so hard, he was prepared. Uh, and I think uh, with Coach O, I mean, I think they've got, the, you know, back to practicing at a speed uh, and an aggression that's necessary for them to be great. Uh, you can't worry about injuries. I know. And the other thing I'm glad is he's, he doesn't mention the, the, the lack of numbers. But you can't worry about those things. Uh, and, you know, you just you just can't do it because if you do, you can't develop your team. And I think that's what really would happen. Uh, and, and the Lane Kiffin era, we're so concerned about injuries, we never practiced the proper way. And so, you know, we look lost at times where we wanted to gain speed. Uh, many times we played an opponent because I don't think we practiced very well. Um, you said the guys look lost at times. I was curious, when you went into that room to speak to them, this was obviously before the run, what did, what did you see and what have you seen differently? I mean, was there, just on the players' faces, did you go into a room and it seemed like guys were not fired up? And, and what has changed since you gave that speech to what the, the guys look like now? Well, no, I, I, they were attentive. I think I think they were fired up. I think uh, they themselves felt maybe uh, a new opportunity to uh, um, to turn the page and then and rewrite uh, um, or start you know a different uh, resume or new good or a new resume, uh, a good resume. I think they 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 were attentive. They were excited. I think they um, uh, you know you you don't want to say they you know they were. I think they liked the, the, you know, the decision. I don't want to say that, but certainly I think they were excited about Coach Joe being the coach and, and maybe some of the enthusiasm and, and, and changes in the, uh, the new implementations and practices and so forth that he brought to the, uh, to the team. I think they were uh, enjoyed. The, uh, as far as Coach O uh, taking over, I, I'm not sure a lot of people felt that that was a, a realistic possibility, me included in that. And, and once – the Stanford. Why? Name. Why? <laughs> well, I wasn't sure as far as you know if, if that's way Pat Hayden wanted to go. But once he beat Stanford, I, I've seen a lot. I mean, I, I think there's been guys like yourself and a lot of former players uh, really love, him. and the players loved him from day one. Uh, I think it's just the outside people looking in weren't really sure if Pat Hayden's going to go that way. But it seemed like that changed a lot after Orgeron beat Stanford, and, and now he's well, well, You know what, all due respect to the outside people, I mean, I, you, know, I, you know, you really appreciate their, you know, excitement and enthusiasm, but, I mean, those who really know football understand what he brings to the table, which is, you know, to me, uh, leadership. Uh, I think so many, you know, times we get so enamored with uh, the X's and O's and that we forget the essence of football. Um you got to understand what football is all about. It, 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 it's physical and psychological warfare. And occasionally you can throw a, a, a trick or two in a game when you're beating a guy up to fool him. But if that's what you are, if you're, if, if you're only X's and O's and you don't understand the football, you know, I mean, look at, look at Oregon. They're a great team, but they're, they're, when it really comes down to playing football against top opponents, they're physical, they lose every single time. Now, if USC wants to be that, I mean, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in winning national championships. And the way you do that is understanding football. And he has everything it takes, um, the knowledge, uh, how to uh, uh, 
involve his coaches, how to trust his coaches, how to trust his players, how to motivate his players. Um, he cares about his players. Um, I mean, he recruits these kids. He knows them extremely, extremely well. Um, and he wants the best for them. And he certainly um, wants the best for uh, his team. I don't care, I mean, who they, you know, think about bringing in. They won't believe Cardinal and go or understand SC the way he does. Yeah, it's certainly been an impressive run. And, and, and he has your endorsement and endorsement of a lot of former players, all obviously the current players. Do you think that's the way Pat Hayden's going to go? Do you think that this is a, a legitimate thing? That can... <laughs> I I don't know. Pat is a is a pretty good poker player right now. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't showed his hand. And um, again, I, you know, when I when I pull for him, it's not because or Coach O rather, uh, it's certainly because we're winning games, but because he's brought back a formula uh, that has been tried and true that has made us win the you know. The, one of the greatest uh, uh, sports traditions in, in, in the history of college football. I mean, we, we we practice in a way that most people don't understand. We were so competitive with practices, games were easy. And that's what he's brought back, the competition, practicing at high speed, game speed, uh, giving everyone an opportunity, uh, keeping all, all the kids involved. Uh, you know, and, and he knows his X's and O's. But the, the brains of him as well is that, you know, he, he has some people that um, are hired to do a job, and he lets them do it. Now, no question, he comes and, you know, he establishes the game plan by saying, this is what we want to do. Now, you go in there, play, and do it. And he tells Clancy, this is what we'd like to do. And, and, and you know, Clancy goes in and sets the, you know, uh, the game plan. But, you know, it, it's his philosophy. It's, it, you know, it's, it, it's what he wants to do. Uh, Marcus, I don't know. We put a lot of polls up on our on USCFootball.com about who should be the next coach. And ever since, well, certainly since Stanford, but even before that, Orgeron's been winning them hands down. Uh, he's getting about seventy five percent of the votes, but it's very polarizing, which I th- find interesting. Like I'm, I'm fine with. I think he'd be a great coach, and I don't have an issue if if Pat Hayden goes outside and hires someone. I'm, I'm kind of fine either way. But there are certain. There's a lot of people that they just don't want him. It's a smaller percentage, but they just don't want him. They feel that this. This is kind of a gimmick that they, you know, the guys are fired up right now, but it's not sustainable. I mean, what do you say to people like that that are just adamant that it shouldn't be Coach O? Well, then, Pat, uh, but uh, Coach uh, Carroll shouldn't have been coached in. I mean, if you look at his resume, he didn't you know, do exactly well in the National Football League, and uh, he was able to sustain his players playing at a level for, you know, a couple of years with National Championships. So I don't understand uh, that argument. Yeah, it makes I sense. don't understand. I don't understand the gimmick. I mean, if you have players that want to play, see, I mean, and I'm a player, and most of those people out there aren't or have, and they don't understand what leadership is. They don't understand when you really like him, and you know, I care about you. But do anything. You know, the old saying that you know guys don't care what you know until they know that you care. He cares about these kids, and they see that. And they're willing to go to war with them, and he has their back as well. And that's not something that you can't take. As far as um, his status with the team and what's going on going forward, I think this weekend will have a lot to do with that. Uh, we'll see. Maybe it won't. But UCLA, big game, the big rivalry game. He's already got a, a, a nice win over Stanford. I wanted to talk, get, get your thoughts on this UCLA game. You were 3-1 and one, uh, against UCLA over your career. 
Uh, what are your thoughts going into this game and, and what you remember about UCLA? Well, it, it's a it's a great game. You know, it, it's bragging rights. Um, you know, I was from San Diego, and I, and I watched the, the game, you know, the series when I was growing up and always, you know, love USC. I always thought the USC was a football school and UCLA was a basketball school. That was, you know, um, how I felt growing up. Um, it was an amazing rivalry. Obviously, being able to participate in it, uh, yes, was 3-1. and one. We lost really on a fluke um, uh, touchdown to Freeman McNeil. The Fisher had an opportunity to uh, intercept the pass, uh, deflected off his hands. It was caught by Freeman McNeil. He ran it for a touchdown, and that's really how we lost uh, the game. But it is uh, there are so many kids now out of Los Angeles area uh, that know each other. Um, that know each other so well that can you know that that's competed against each other and now they're you know going to different universities and uh, yeah there's a little you know animosity of course you know there's a <laughs> you know we dominated the series yet we lost last year and and um, you know you're only as good as your last game so you know as far as they're concerned we're not very good and um, you know we have an opportunity to close the season out with with ten wins and that that's due for us. Um, they have goals as well. So it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, it's unique because it's so close. I mean, you can throw a rock to UCLA. I mean, it's that close. I mean, we're in the country. You have schools like that. So it's 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 an exciting, it's going to be an exciting game. I think it's going to be, you know, more energy than the Stanford game. I think it's going to be um, one great game, too, and, and I expect us to win. All right. And then before we let you go, thanks for spending a few minutes with us. I couldn't. Could not ask you about the running back situation. You got to see, I think, six different tailbacks for USC this year. Any any guys that remind you of yourself, or any guys that really stood out for you this year? <laughs> uh, you know what? I listen. They're, 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 they're got, we got so many different uh, types of backs. Uh, you know, Trey's a you know just a power back who can wear down a defense and and, and beat beat your defense up, and then. Uh, you can, you know, you can bring in a bunk who has the, you know, the ability to, you know, to take the distance anytime he touches the ball. And, and Davis is the same way. Um, you know, Ty Isaac is another good back. Uh, I mean, we have, you know, and Silas with his, you know, with his veteran leadership has just been outstanding. I mean, that's one one of the positions that I think uh, uh, is secure for the next, you know, couple of years. We really don't have to worry about bringing in another running back and. And Tommy Robinson has done such a great job. Uh, I was impressed, um, you know, the fact that he played all the running backs the first uh, game in um, the new staff took over. Well, uh, Coach O took over. They they played all the running backs. And, and to really sort of breathe life into that running back group, uh, that was a way to do it because all those guys were happy for each other and pulling for each other and stuff. And then we realized how talented they really are, but you know, it comes down to trust too. And and, and when a player realizes the coach trusts him, I mean that's magic. Uh, you know, a lot of times you you know you I've I've said this time and time again. When I was one of the best things that ever happened to me, um, uh, besides my my great teaching at USC and all that I learned football wise, is I had a professional coach uh, uh, who just recently passed away. His name was Ray Wilsey. And by trade, Ray was a defensive back coach. But he was moved over to coach to running backs. And, um, you know, a lot of times when you, you know, you, you go to a um, different 
protection, you always have the running back coach to tell you not to do certain things. And Ray never told me not to do, uh, not to field. He never told me not to, you know, um, catch the ball a certain way. He always just said, make sure. And those words uh, just liberated the way that um, I was capable of playing. I never played looking over the shoulder. And it's interesting. I don't think these kids ever play looking over the shoulder now, worrying about, you know, if they do something wrong, would it be taken out? I think Tommy Robinson has the ultimate faith in them. And believe me, players return that uh, to their coaches. They'll do whatever they want them to do. They'll fight as hard as they, you know, want them to fight. They'll do whatever is necessary to reward that coach or to pay that coach back. All right, well, Marcus Allen, Marcus Allen, H-O-F on Twitter. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes out and uh, joining the, the podcast. We love hearing from the former players and, you had that unique opportunity to speak to the team before this historic run. So we'll see if uh, Ed O can finish it off here on Saturday. I sure hope he does. All right. Well, thanks, thanks again. a lot. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And everyone else, thanks for tuning in to the podcast. We'll talk to you all next week.